0: Apré midi. I don't think they say that, but they should.
1: Well, I, I don't think you can tell another country how they should speak, Matt. I'm not into.
0: Oh, oh no, I was I was talking about borrowers.
1: Oh, oh, okay. you yeah, know, I don't think borrowers say that either. Do you? I don't know if I believe in those. Um, so, we just I'm just gonna be at the at the tightly gripped the steering wheel of this juggernaut of nonsense today to try and desperately keep it from careering off into a small village of tiny rabbits that stitch their own hats out of daisies and bits of...
0: It's (laughs) happening already! (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: So, somebody on Instagram at That Human Podcast, asked me, where can I find the latest episode of... um, of That Human Podcast because I want to see, on YouTube, because I want to see Matt's shirt that you keep talking (laughs) about. (laughs) And, uh, obviously, I shall point them in said direction, but this week, if they're listening to this, Mm -hmm. can I be so brass, crass, brash, that's a combination of the two, it's a new word, to say that they will be Bitterly disappointed if they look oh. at YouTube this week, Matt?
0: Um well, well I can say how dare you because this shirt is 20 years old. And it probably doesn't come across on YouTube, no, but genuinely does. when I when I wear it, ha, <laughs> not that. When I wear it, it makes my eyes look green. Normally my eyes are hazel, but because it is a sort of olivey-greeny shirt, my eyes magically go green.
1: Wow. Look!
0: <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well <laughs> oh, c'est
1: magique yes I have 20 Rice years as old as well. how, how's
0: that for being an eco-warrior mm-hmm. so what, how old is so
1: you had that shirt when you were 30 20
0: oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it when I was on my year abroad in California oh. for, in Los Angeles as they say it's
1: an actual California shirt
0: yes yeah it's good isn't it and it's I love it and I don't care that you don't like it. And I actually, for the record, I've had, had a different shirt or upper body clothing covering. Every pod. You have. You have. Can I do all 23 <laughs> differently? I actually can. I've got far too many clothes.
1: I imagine you could, because you have been spanking the podcast budget on trips to Paris and the rest of it, so why not (laughs) write off a
0: t-shirt every week? (laughs) That's me. Right, so now that this juggernaut has already gone through the rabbits and onto the next village, what are we talking about today?
1: (laughs) Today, Matt, sort of fairly aptly, you've Hinted at it, teased us with it already this week. It is, of course, the subject of aging. And uh, yes. if you're watching this on YouTube, this isn't intentional. It is just the way that things are. That you're looking at a split screen of before <laughs> and after, basically. <laughs> don't know why. I don't know why I put up with this. It's not fair, <laughs> is it? I look the same and youthful, and you. Age. It's yeah, not... I it's age. Not.
0: It's fine. Um, it's fine.
1: But I will one day bring out a special serum and show you my secret. So <laughs> this this is... Yeah, it's the thing that I talk about all the time, isn't it? And I get told mm. that I'm a, a doomsayer and a nayer and a doubter and that I'm, you know, not very... I don't know, that, that it's that morbid things, but we've sort of hinted at this before from the second we're born we're on one single trajectory um yeah and if in the west we spent a bit more time thinking about death and our existence as a celebration mm. i think a we'd crack on and get on with stuff uh, a lot more than we do we get a lot less procrastination b i think mm. we'd be happier as a species or certainly as an mm. area of the world in terms of happiness scores you know when you there's not a necessarily a significant correlation but there is a correlation between countries that are happier and the way that they think about death and treat death interesting uh yeah particularly if you don't have any friends and if uh but, but of course there is also this correlation to our um what's the word? i'm looking at this sort of phrase that the, the the way that we uh sort of hide from death and treat ah. death as something that we should sort of not express our emotions with or not think about or not talk about. And mm-hmm. as a result, when it happens, it whips the carpet from under you and knocks you sideways. And we spend a long time in a period of grief that we don't really know how to deal with because mm-hmm. we pretended like it was a big thing to hide from. So I think it's a good topic to cover,
0: Matt. Absolutely. Something just popped, an idea, just a concept just popped into my head about what you were discussing because I think. Because of, I guess, religious evolution and coming from very, let's say, uptight's the wrong word, uh, strict, and I mean going further, further, further back, like in history, hundreds of years. So sex was treated as something to be not talked about, and death, essentially, and grief, well, death and aging as well, in the same way. And I think we cling to that. I think we're prudes about death. That was a, a concept I came up with. That I think I'm quite quite like the sound of so we don't need to be prudish about death we don't need to be ashamed of it it's gonna happen and also aging is a gift So especially modern as you and it is the western world modern western world goes oh i'm so old oh i'm over the hill i'm past it oh no oh everything's left me behind Blah, blah 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 every day is a gift every day getting older is what can i do today yeah how wonderful and of course there are some caveats of Maybe, in thirty years, my body won't work quite as well as I'd like it to, but sure. a, there are things you can do to future proof yourself now, and b just slightly adapt what you do and how you do it, and obviously, this is the one thing we can never know what it feels like to be seventy until we're seventy sure, and then it's t- it's too late <laughs> I didn't mean that, but then like we you don't you can't have the f- foresight of being seventy you yeah. can only hear what people who are seventy say to you, yeah. The experience but I hate that it. yeah 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 but I hate the oh age, oh, uh, oh I'm so old oh I'm so old and that oh we'll talk about that in a second maybe because I'm waffling but embrace getting older it's the best I love it and also the older I get the better I get like <laughs> That's absolutely <subject>. but <laughs> 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 My, I have a friend who's 94
1: and wow he he says that it's only just in the last couple of years, literally like ninety two, when his body's really started to quote unquote fail him. Yeah, yeah. And I keep saying, well, uh, well, failing him is, I suppose, you know. I try to get him to think about things in a positive light rather than a negatively aging light. But I suppose it is failing him in as much that what he says is he looks in the mirror and doesn't recognise that person. Internally, yeah. he still feels like he's thirty. Um, mm. And it's his, and so because of that, and I see that with my dog. You know, Marley, mm. his back legs are deteriorating quite rapidly, oh. and he can't. You can see it's he really struggles to sit down and lay down and getting up and. And walking mm. after a while, and and he collapses and falls over a little bit every now and again. And but in his head, he's still a puppy. You know, he still wants to play with the ball. He comes to the ball and wags his tail. And he think "I can't, I can't <laughs> do anything with it, mate. I can't throw it. You're going to fall over. You know, it's bad for you." <laughs> People come to the door, and he runs up to them, and and it's the adrenaline carrying the excitement. And then he spends you know an hour licking his paws because they're sore because you know he got to get carried away. So I suppose our bodies, in some ways, sort of do fail us. But one mm. thing you just said which is interesting. I was reflecting quite a lot then. You know, in the Victorian period and Edwardian era, death was um, more of a dramatic event. Right. You know, uh, funeral pyres and um, big processions with horses and plumes and all that kind of jazz. And and I always come back to that Victoria Wood sketch where she says, (laughs) you know, how... Um, that we with this stiff upper lip in England and the West where we don't really you know sort of we, we don't talk about death or think about it we don't show our emotions which is there's no better example of that of when somebody dies and in the wake there's the widow who's in the kitchen saying 72 baps Connie you slice I'll spread (laughs) <laughs> it's the practicality of death as well. Yes. We've got to get these sandwiches out. We've got people to feed. Moving on. <laughs> um, and I think there's, you know, the caution always is actually there is maybe something that we've lost in the process of dying, you know, mm. and shying away from it and sweeping it under the carpet. I mean, this nonsense of fillers and derma fillers and Botox and wanting to look young, this obsession with the remember like Death Becomes Her, that classic iconic <laughs> film. You know, this obsession yes. with the Fountain of Youth. Is it youthfulness because you want to look young, so you want tight skin mm. and um you know a sparkle in your eye and mobility, or mm. or, or is it is it? longevity of life you know what what is it that you're chase, chasing can you separate those two do you actually know well no mm. i want to look young but i don't mind dying mm. in you know 10 years time <laughs> um i remember somebody said to me uh, recently somebody had said to them about being middle-aged and he said in all seriousness how do you know <laughs>
0: oh yikes right uh, yes that pulls the rug doesn't, doesn't it? it
1: like middle-aged yeah. could be 10 you know you're, yeah. your middle-aged might be 30 it might be 50 mm. um mm. A, a, and that concept of not really ever knowing i think is all the more reason that we talk about it more i think there should be a feature yeah. effect, a special and we should talk about this for
0: i don't know four hours <laughs> we'll break the world continuously <laughs> podding record Ooh. we can't stop talking Ooh. about age oh there's a thing to look into Oh, it's probably 17 weeks or something by some ne'er-do-wells somewhere.
1: I think we could give that a run for its money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. Well, talking about that, that would definitely age me. Um, but the whole, what you mentioned about uh, the elixir of youth and, and fountain of youth of wanting to stay young forever negates the whole point, though, because if you can't die, then there's no purpose, there's yeah. no point. But I think we forget that because... That's why we get sucked into social media, or we get sucked into pointless things. Or, or and I, there's no blame or shame here. I, of course, end up doing futile things that have no purpose because that's part of being a human. I think you can't, you probably can't always be doing worthy, fulfilling things. Otherwise, your head would explode. Look at the last six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and what lovely downtime that's been. <laughs> Um, shut up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, re- I, I heard, in fact, it was in another book I read by Felix Dennis, who was a very wealthy man, and he wrote a book called How to Be Rich, and he died with about £800 million, pounds, which he, he can't does, spend. No. He did put it into good things of planting lots of trees and doing lovely naturey things. Um, but the po- his point was, he was talking about fear, which I know he did before, but this links to ageing, and he said... People who know they're going to die have nothing to lose because they're on the out. So this is, for example, a freedom fighter who has has decided to do something uh, dramatic. And that that sort of really brought it home, the whole, well, there's no point living forever because then there's no point to anything. You have to have a finite amount of time to make life worthwhile.
1: Mm. That's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because, of course, the reason that if you know you're going to die, you've got nothing to lose is because... You don't have to... You're not going to be around Mm. to see or have to deal with the consequences. However, other people might be. So there's a really interesting uh, just vignette, just little point there probably that we should all reflect on is that just because if if you're getting to the end of um, your life or somebody you know is... You still have a responsibility to others, right? So, uh, yeah. you know, we can't just say, OK, well, you know, I'm 90, bugger it, or um <laughs> have a terminal diagnosis not? or something. Why well, not? Why not? Well, because it depends on what you're sort of throwing caution to the wind with, doesn't it? If you just say, yeah. oh, stuff it, I'm not going to be here, what does it matter? Yeah. Well, yeah, but other people will be, and people perhaps that care about you will be. And so we. St- I think we still have a responsibility, don't we, to ourselves and to other people?
0: I, we do. I was just playing devil's avocado. Um, oh. We absolutely do have a responsibility, uh, I think, at any age, not to leave the planet... Well, to leave the planet and people uh, in better situations than when we arrived and met them. Sure, but I don't think everybody would necessarily feel like that.
1: I think it is a... You know, that sort of colloquial, flippant, well, I'm not going to be it, so it doesn't matter, is probably relevant, right? You know, they might... Um mm. we might all find ourselves sort of a little bit in that, and it's worth reminding actually our consequences are still ours, even when we've gone yeah um yes. <laughs> why do my actions have to have
0: consequences yes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all the time um,
1: so so i i'm I'm on a mission and have been for. Maybe a couple of years. It's a fairly new mission. To get people to actually talk about the concept of longevity and to talk about finite existence because hiding from it is utter nonsense. There's a a little um, exercise I do where I have people work out how many months they've been alive, which is really easy. You take your age and you multiply it by 12, right? Then you've got how many months you've been alive. Now, if you take the average um lifespan of your gender and turn that into months you can subtract mm. one for the other and end up with a number oh, that lordy. basically gives you roughly
0: the number of months you've got left
1: to live but but that's oh. but why would that why why is that such a heavy thing it's it's fact no,
0: it's brilliant it's just isn't it's just people people this but this people isn't ready necessarily to be confronted by it but that's the I this is so relevant because I was just yes. going to say have you ever had, because pe- when people say, oh, they had a near death experience or a cancer scare, they say, oh, and I decided to start living sure. or doing more for me. Sure. And I guess it's, you could, I guess that's a way to have that wake up without having to go through the nasty thing, which sounds preferable, if I'm honest. Yes. Do, yes. Do the month subtraction game. And it's not a game. game.
1: <laughs> oh, you lose. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think it, and look, it, it, A, it's not. Accurate. B, you have to take it with a pinch of salt because you could live way longer, but perhaps more importantly, you could get hit by a bus tomorrow. So what does it matter if, you, if it turns out that, you know, it says you've got 300 months left to live on, yeah. on average? Well, you knew that anyway, you just didn't know it in numbers. And yeah. it doesn't guarantee you're going to live the 300 months anyway because you could get a terminal disease, you could get knocked over, you could. and this is the point, mm. if you don't embrace that as a reality, mm. you are doing yourself a disservice because you're burying yep. your head in the sand and it's the very thing that we said at the beginning of this podcast, we've got to change the way people hide from the idea that they're going to die. We're all mm. going to die, nothing lasts forever. I've lost <laughs> pets and friends and family up to this point and... <laughs> And maybe, Mm. I had two cancer scares last year, so maybe I'm a bit more ballsy and open to the idea Mm. of talking about that. And you're right, maybe it does take something where, you know, you have to look very openly and honestly and critically at finite time available. Uh, But I think even prior to that, I was very practical about it because there are people... You know, recently we've lost Sean Locke, an incredible comedic talent, Jeremy yep. ha- Hardy, <clears throat> excuse me, prior to that. Um, but then, you know, you go back through the ages. I was sat reflecting the other day thinking, gosh, Laurel and Hardy. Um, uh, uh, oh, gosh, that's terrible. I've just forgotten her name. Nina Simone. Some incredible talent that we've had in the history of mankind. Mm. It's tragic that they're not here anymore, but it is also normal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- for me, genuinely, what, I, I'd never thought of the month thing like that before. And it really feels like a kick up the arse because sure. I like to think that I'm living every day as I can. But I don't think I, don't think I am. And, but equally, what you just said sparked the, the reminder that actually I've never had any, <laughs> never had any major trauma in my life. I've never had anyone close to me die. So, I haven't had to be confronted by it. I've had this, sure. God, this might sound awful. Obviously, I've been alive for some grandparents to die, but that was sort of A, I was quite a bit younger, B, it was expected. That's mm-hmm. what happens to when someone has, you. well, as a child, when someone has grey hair and they're sort of, oh, okay, they might not be around forever. It's um, interesting I've never isn't had, it, that
1: you were okay yeah. with that, and that I was expected because you were so far away from it. And yet, yes.
0: so if you were to say to
1: a child, let's do the, subst- the subtraction exercise and you've yeah. got, I don't know, you know, whatever thousand months mm. left to live. Oh, OK. But suddenly the closer you are to that terminal point, the more uh, painful it becomes, the more resistant it becomes and the more your reaction is what I get every single time from pretty much. Yeah. Oh, God, I don't want to know that. And oh, no, I don't. Well, <laughs> then don't know it. But maybe just the point that that, that exists is worthy enough to know, right? And that now, of course, you
0: are more resistant to it. Mm. Less care. It's <laughs> yes, not making daisy chains in the meadow like I used to.
1: <laughs> well, it's interesting. You look, you're right. You know, you, when you're younger, you look at sort of people with grey hair... Um, well, they're yeah. older, and they, you know, they're going to Wait. die, and we sort of, you know, were comforted by that weird notion that also is nonsense because yeah. my best mate went away mm. when he was twenty eight. Um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess as a child, so anyone proportionally, it feels so far away from anything you could ever become. Sure. That, and the younger you are, the bigger the exponentially the proportion as yes. well. But even in my teens. There's that disconnect of I'm oh I'm young and invincible. Uh, I, I won't get old. Of course you'll get old. <laughs> it's what happens. But because I haven't had to face up to like a really close, maybe less expected death or trauma, I do it's this amorphous unknown thing that sure. I will have to deal with at some point. But I haven't yet. So maybe that that sort of I don't know a desens no. I, don't know, I don't, know, don't know what it's done to me, good or bad. It it's just my what it experience. Well, it <laughs> really has. It's sent my moral compass spinning.
1: It's a little bit like when you're at school. You know when you start school, like secondary school, and the people in mm. sixth form seem like these great big adults that are oh, yes. like a oh, miles my God, yes. away from you. And then when you're yeah. in sixth form... And you look back at the kids that are coming in and they look really tiny, but you don't feel like you remember the sixth form looking, right? You're just you. (laughs) You don't think, yeah. And then you see like the people in sixth form out of school sometimes and you think, oh, God, they're still so much more older and wiser and got their life sorted. And you're in sixth form and these, you know, young kids (laughs) are coming down and you just well, I don't feel like, you know, any different really. Um, And I suppose that's the concept of time, isn't it? But mm. I'm a big proponent of aging, Matt. One of the things I wanted to ask you before we, I hope you're warming up your vocal cords. One of the things, can I just say, on Instagram, can we not publicly encourage the book of the week theme tune? It is. It, I have to I'm just giving to, the
0: people what they want. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're not. What's that? Ivan Novello Award? <laughs> oh, stop it. You shouldn't have. For songwriting. Oh, 23 different songs in one podcast series. I can't believe it.
1: Well, viewers, I'm here with this special Matt at the Mobies edition of the Matt <laughs> <That> Human <laughs> podcast. Uh, the um, Mobies. Uh, he's got his baggy pants on. Parachute pants. <laughs> <laughs> what was I going to say? you got me off the, the... Sorry. Now, before we get to Book of the Week, what I wanted to ask yes. was, so where does it sit because you're a big proponent of people loving the body they're in, having yes. confidence. Uh, you're really good at detracting people away from, you know, the quote-unquote, I want a six-pack. Why do you want a six-pack? How Why do you, what, how is that going to change your life? Get away out of this mentality of wanting to be, you know, mm. try and attain stuff that doesn't really exist for normal people. And, you know, yada, yada. So one of the things I was going to ask you was how does it sit for you this idea of Botox and filler and forcibly making yourself look younger, which actually my personal opinion is I don't think you necessarily look younger. You just look more preserved. Like I've never seen <laughs> it done naturally. <laughs> you know, it just looks clearly no. like you've had work done.
0: <laughs> um, I I also don't think people always do it to necessarily look younger. I think it's maybe to uh, adhere to a certain newer body standards that i think people need to fit in and whether that standard means you look younger for longer then maybe that's to be debated elsewhere um how do i feel about it um most of the time i think it's people trying to fix the outside without fixing the inside and people probably are still well putting having calf implants or pec implants wow. or lip fillers or anything um, isn't going to change how you feel inside, it's just going to change the outside Um, which is why all my coaching is about building you from the inside out because that's a much more solid base to live your life, to build your life from Um, but I'm not here to preach and say don't do it because people's bodies are their bodies and that's their preserve and their choice I, if if they're doing it because they think it'll make them happy, I think 99% of the time it won't. Yes. In the long run. But the more temporary stuff, Botox and fillers, let people put it in their face and realise, maybe it hasn't changed anything.
1: Car fillers. Can you actually get... Where would you put... Why would you... Want, where do you put
0: like, a small... Presumably. <laughs> <like> a... <laughs> the, the, the reason I said that, about probably about 20 years ago on my year abroad in America, there was a show on MTV about youngish people getting boob jobs and things like that. And the one that I will never forget was a guy who got calf implants because he was really, he'd like been working out and everything was growing, but he just, his calf wouldn't grow in his eyes. And he got calf implants and he couldn't walk because it was so painful for about a month. Wow. And then eventually it came back and he he kept going, oh, look at my calves, look at my calves. I'm like, <laughs> and they just had this artificial, Silicon breast implant in each calf. Obviously, so did, not a nipple. Every that would time be ridiculous. he walked, did it go... Sure. Yes. But, so it is a thing. I just think it's not a thing that's going to make you ultimately happy <laughs> or feel better.
1: <laughs> Mr Matt, I think it is time for the human podcast.
0: Book of here's the news in other news Quapper Man reads jingle Uh, that's not it that was just a bit of hilarious ad-libbing um okay okay because this one has a really funny cadence and I keep forgetting the rhythm we'll be the judge of whether it's funny (laughs) You're expecting Book of the Week jingle, here it comes And I'm gonna sing all of the words that I'm saying right now That was it, and now we will take a bow Look at me <laughs> I took a bow
1: oh, Yes, you did. I did words, and I took a bow
0: <laughs> It was it's very meta, wasn't it? It was like a jingle about a jingle <laughs> We've got we've gone through the jingle looking glass,
1: Matt. We we.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're thinking. How will I top it? Well, next week's already no, no written, so sling your rug. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: for the sake of this continuing to be broadcast, I will not say what I'm thinking. But what, <laughs> what I am considering is you've we've committed to 23
0: of these. Where the yeah. hell is this going to go? I told you, number 11's written already.
1: <laughs> I I. We, <laughs> For 23, I want a a, a, a mariachi band in the background, like, to walk in. I want want showgirls. I want, like,
0: an 11-minute piece. (laughs) Don't be careful what you wish for, is all I'll say. (laughs)
1: Right. Fab! Wasn't that good? It was. Next. I feel we need to bring this down to reality. My book of the week this week is called How We Die. Uh... (laughs) And... (laughs) Um, It's by Sherwin B. Newland, who sadly has passed away now. It's a national bestseller in the States. Uh, It's old. Give me 20 seconds and I will tell you how old. It's one of the best... While you're doing that... Yes.
0: Oh, go on. I was going to say, can I just say, is it sad that he's passed away? Because you said, oh, sadly he's passed away. But is it sad? Is that an emotion we need to remove from thinking about death? Ah,
1: that's interesting. Yes, I think it's I think the sadness always is in people who have amazing contribution who aren't here to continue contributing. I don't think that doesn't make it less sad, does it? Um but I think you're right the focus should be on celebrating this wonderful person existed. Yeah. And be
0: happy he existed, not sad he can't it. Yeah. yeah um, <coughs> sorry. I'm <laughs> that's very insensitive. I'm
1: joyful that the he's not here any he, no. I'm joyful that He contributed so much. Um, This uh, was published in 1995. So, you know, just a yesterday book. Actually, the year I started school. Um, So, uh, but I always, as you know, measure a good book by how many dog-eared corners there are. This pretty much has the entire book dog-eared. This is, excuse the, you know, fairly dramatic title, How We Die. It is a beautiful beautiful book he's a doctor a medical doctor and he talks really um it's the subtitle is reflections on life's final chapter and he talks about normalizing death and that dying is simply cells deteriorating which were going to happen from the second you were born and from the second you were born your trajectory has been decided your body knew at that time From when you were born, which of the cells were dysfunctional and likely to become cancer? Which of the cells were dysfunctional in your heart and would eventually lead to a heart attack or whatever? He basically looks to um, stop. um, As a surgeon, he said, you know, I spent all my life fixing people. And in Mm. medicine, we try to fix people, but in turn also possibly give them false hope because they're still going to die. We're all going to die. Mm. So by continually trying to treat people... You're not mm. allowing them actually to embrace that final chapter and live the twilight years as a twilight years because there's this sort of false hope that you give people that, oh, it might extend life or, or am I mm. going to live longer? or or well, We're not. We're going to live the time that we're going to live and nobody knows what that time is. Um, mm. It's a really, really good philosophical book about resetting or reframing how we think about death as... A very natural part of human existence and it's a fascinating read because of his position in medicine which basically is there's this sort of dichotomy of you know medicines looking to preserve life mm. and prolong life and whatever and he's saying well maybe you know we also should consider that when we go we go it's published mm. by vintage or vantage <laughs> No, you got it right the first time. Oh, okay. Uh, Cover design by Archie Ferguson. He'll be dead as well. Mm -hmm. And And who's it? (laughs) What's the author's name again? It is Sherwin B. Newland. Well, Matthew B. Interested? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Honestly, the reason it's really dogged is because I've lent it to loads of people, and brilliant. I I just think it is stunning and lovely Hmm. and brilliant. You must go Hmm. read it, otherwise I shall not
0: talk to you. Well, you could send it to me and I'll dog ear, dog ear it a bit more. I'm not a lending Honest library, One less thing for you to boils. pack. <laughs> you just said you've lent it to loads of people. Yes, yeah, so those were friends. <laughs> they were dogs. Rent That's why yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i
1: dog-eared. W- I will send you. I'll see if I can find you a copy and you can have your own to dog-ear and annotate <gasps> it. Oh, That's how amazing. much I love Well
0: you. Pop, the, oh. pop the receipt in with it. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound... Right up my strata and something I'd be very interested to get more comfortable with.
1: Good, I'd love to hear your book of the week, Matt.
0: Well, um, Jesmond, that's me. Uh, uh, Quite a few of my books have maybe been uh, at the <laughs> at the higher brow end of the book spectrum, the oh, book draw, if you will. Low so, uh, <laughs> so I'm, I, I read, I read a lot, and I'm going to show you and share. Richard Osman's the, I was going to say Tuesday, Thursday Murder Club.
1: Yes. Now,
0: there was a bit of um, backlash about this. Oh, people who aren't authors being given big book contracts. That isn't the case, because it turned out he's a brilliant writer. It's really funny, and the reason this is relevant today is because it's from the perspective of four people living in a retirement village who have an interest... In they, One of them's a retired policeman and they have an interest in looking into old crimes that maybe weren't solved or just things from the past. And then a murder happens on their doorstep and they go about solving it. Why it's brilliant is, yes, it's super funny. It's It shows, like, you don't see crime novels written from the perspective of a bunch of septuagenarians, <laughs> which is why this is brilliant. But it shows the, yes, frailty in some regards, like one of them has the beginning of dementia, but it shows they're not just over the hill and to be to be forgotten about they everyone can have just as rich an ongoing life once as presuming or as long as you have your faculties as long as you have them but that's why it's so good and it's it's like laugh out loud funny in lots of places and really just a great book that i've really enjoyed that's why i did it for book of the week (laughs) who publishes it mr matt um, oh, I don't know. A Viking penguin. No, penguin-viking. Of course it is penguin. Oh, it's always uh, penguin. They bloody own everything, I, penguin. Wouldn't, wouldn't you love to see a, a Viking penguin? Uh, yes. Like a penguin with, like, the,
1: the horns on its tell me that a graphic designer got hold of that and it's got a penguin with a little horny helmet
0: on. Oh, Alas. Wow. Such a shame. Missed opportunity. I know. So but but I don't think it it only wasn't. as well, a horny penguin. Uh, Viking penguin. <laughs> it came out last year. Oh, and fun fact. Uh... His brother is Matt Osman, who's in one of my favourite bands, Suede, off of the '90s and 2000s. But I'm seeing them for the first time ever later this year.
1: And he has the same name as you.
0: Well, uh, uh, Matt with one T. That's how much I know about this band. Mm, it's quite distant, <laughs> isn't it? It's quite. <laughs> we can probably edit this bump out. The like is not fading <laughs> away. <laughs>
1: anyway Um, i'm super pleased that you brought up the subject of uh, that we touched on dementia because um it is horrific dementia i uh, my Mm. grandmother had dementia and it was to watch her go from somebody who was just joyful and happy and spiritual all the time to somebody who is Mm. miserable and um accusatory and angry and it was just, it was so, so tragic. I remember mm. one time I drove up to see her when she'd been ill. She went into hospital, which is always the killer. Like if if you have anybody in your family who has dementia, try everything you can to not take them to hospital because um, the sudden drastic change in surroundings has, mm. is linked to a, a rapid decline in, in their dementia. Obviously, you can't mm. sometimes help it. And I remember mm. I bought her some flowers... I'd not been driving long. I drove up and she'd just got back from hospital and I walked in she had no idea who I was and I was the favourite grandchild. So it was a a real kick in the teeth. And then later on when I went up, she used to love watching birds. She'd all talk about the birds like dipping about in the garden. I'd be look at that little one and look at this. It was so Mm. cute. And then one day I went up and she was berating how horrible the birds were and what pointless things they were and they make a mess everywhere. And she'd spent, you know, 70 years of her life loving birds. Anyway, um, my point is that it's a pretty tragic thing, dementia. And, of course, it's a huge part of ageing. It's a huge part of our mm. cells deteriorate. But, of course, a lot of the cells deteriorate that we don't get to see because they're inside us. We don't see that, mm. And we cope very well with, you know, being a bit stiff when we get up or our lungs not working properly or whatever, all this cellular deterioration. But the brain one, of course, is the biggest because it's our character. And I just want to yeah. give a shout-out to a small um, charity. Some of the big dementia charities are a bit... Well, I'll often. Often, not all the time, a lot of big charities are bullies uh, because the bigger you get, the more demand there yeah. is for money and they can be a little bit ruthless. And particularly so in the dementia world. There is an incredible charity called the Contented Dementia Trust based in Burford and oh. Oxfordshire, who started, uh, sort of created the most wonderful way of looking at dementia as it being a photo album. I promise this is going somewhere. Mm. Um, so if you imagine having a photo album where all the photos are in it, It's, Mm. um, you know, you can flick back years and years and years and go through those photos. uh, And it's just like a memory, right? So you flick back in your head and you remember all those things. With dementia, what happens is, depending on the stage of dementia, some of those pictures look a bit fuzzy and you're not entirely sure what they are. And then as dementia worsens, it's almost like people have taken whole photos out from the album and there are massive gaps. And that, Mm. of course, confuses us, right? So that sort of memory loss as a photo album idea, I think, is just wonderful because... You can 't think of something it's frustrating, but imagine not being able to think of something or recognize somebody or understand the connections like regularly and all the time. Mm. Um, so I think the reason I brought this up is because I think it can be difficult, can't it, Matt, to say you know we should celebrate getting old and celebrate that it's part of life and all hmm. the rest of it but actually sometimes it's not easy getting old you know i I have a career in the ambulance service, and you know i I remember very vividly. An old lady had collapsed in the street. She'd fainted. And I arrived in the car and uh, she was incontinent, which often happens when you faint because your muscles all relax yeah. and if you've got full bladder, mm. it's got to go somewhere. And uh, one of the things we're trained to do is to acknowledge the incontinence so they don't worry about it. They're not sort of getting stressed in their head thinking, oh God, I've wet myself and I don't want to say anything. And sort of acknowledge it, mm. you know, not obviously broadly, you know, this lady mm. has wet... her. Um, so I just went down and I did my little chat and I said um, that um, you've, um, whatever I said, I can't remember, I was quite a sensitive way of saying, you know, you've, you've um, a been incontinent there, but you know, please don't worry about it, we'll sort that out and yada, yada, yada. And I said something along the lines of don't worry. Mm. And she was crying and she said, of course I'm worried, that was a stupid thing to say, I don't go around wetting myself. And I thought, mm, that's really interesting, isn't it? That actually the distress mm. involved in that. Uh, mm. Now, that possibly was nothing to do with getting old, but I've seen tons of elderly people that you know have various different failing parts of their body or their faculties. Um, mm. And it's not always a ride in the park and a joy and lovely. So no. you know, how do we embrace that? How do we actually say, well... You can't stick two fingers up, you know, when you're a youth <laughs> like you used to do. You know, go, ah, look <laughs> at those old people. Ah, they're all going to die. Because actually, maybe we should be a hell of a lot more sympathetic to old people and the process of ageing. should be more respectful of it.
0: Uh, for the record, that was never something I did, fingers in the air at old people. Uh, I have always been very respectful to my elders. I think we need to get um, your sister on to verify that. Oh, she'd love that. <laughs> I... Um, Well, I get what you're saying. How about the the approaches? I make the most of my life with the tools that I have and the body that I have in each day-to-day situation.
1: Isn't that beautiful? I love talking to you because you have the most... uh, This will sound a bit patronising, but I'm getting there. You have the most idealistic way of approaching life. That is true, it's honest, it's real. It is, you know, that is... Yes, I'm 100%. I'm totally there with you, Hazel Eyes. I am, yes, that is... (laughs) Ah, that is great
0: (laughs) done (laughs) but oh but just like the idealistic is there for a reason to give us things to aspire to and aim for so sure writing that down and thinking and being reminding yourself but isn't it sad that that
1: doesn't happen because it's simple right but it actually you know listening to you saying i just think well i think that's a challenge you know but but it could Mm. not be a challenge if we all worked more on it Mm. We could be even just a tiny bit closer towards that idea of saying, well, this is mm. me. Um, yeah. You know, the classic greatest showman song. <laughs> um, this is, And I'm going to be
0: good to me and the people around me as sh- best I can. Sure.
1: And respectful of that. And, you know, if mm. this person, you know, can't... It is challenging. I remember once opening a um, door. Faint. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I remember once opening a door... Um, yeah good story (laughs) next (laughs) I remember once opening a door and there was a lady about five uh, paces behind me and I was like you always taught to you know be respectful of other people and whatever and I held the door for her and as she walked Hmm. past me she said sexist like that and I said I'm sorry (laughs) and she said I'm quite capable of opening a door myself just because I'm a woman and I thought well what, so I'm not allowed to... Like, chivalry is dead. It is gone. Um, you know, I, not allowed to, And I thought, well, what, how far does this extend to? Because it got me thinking about a time that I remember being on a train and somebody was sat in the priority seat, you know, that sort of says, for elderly, disabled, yep. pregnant people, whatever. And, <laughs> All three in one. Yeah, this person uh, was sat on it, who was none of the above. Oh. And although, you know, we'll get letters, disability isn't always physical, you can't always see it, yeah, yeah. Yes. yes. And uh, I assumed they weren't. This heavily pregnant lady got on, and then very shortly this elderly couple, and they didn't move. Oh. And I thought, now if that was me, I'd have let them fight it out. No, if that was me, <laughs> I wouldn't have <laughs> um where is the where does the respect for aging and the respect for you know people who don't have you know are in a different position with their bodies and their mind Mm. we are because of the aging process because we're going to get there and i think there'll be a lot Mm. of people i don't know this has maybe happened historically that when they get older they look back and they think Mm. oh wow yeah i was that ass once i was the I, (laughs) I, i need to sit down or i need a drink or i need the loo or i you know ache or yeah
0: or, you know I, i've got to say i think the woman who said sexist when you held the door open is an anomaly i think she was having a bad day and remember and i i'm not gonna say remember because that's patronizing but obviously that's just her life experience interaction with a man with a mustache basically that's not a, to write off holding open doors for anyone sure Tell oh, us. I know, I'm being idealistic again.
1: What, what is it like
0: being 40, Matt? <laughs> it's honestly wonderful and I love it. And I'm going to throw that right back in your face because I'm happier than ever. I know who I am more than ever. I'm more confident and Certainly capable. Confident. I think we can all see that. <laughs> <laughs> I, Everyone, like, and there's a, well, this is the thing about confidence. People worry, or if I'm confident, I'll come across as arrogant. And it's called the arrogance problem. People don't think you're arrogant, but you think you come across as arrogant. So you play it small. Stop playing it small. Play
1: it big. I think there's a very fine line between arrogance and, and confidence. Very fine line. And and I think, there's, I don't think there is there's a clear separation between the two. But yeah. I think you can very easily uh, and accidentally bleed into the other one if you probably don't actually have the confidence that you think you have. When people try to be confident or appear confident, it often comes across as arrogance because it's, it's not a unique... It's not a, a stable... Um, uh, balanced confidence it's not an authentic mm. level of confidence that would be my argument I d- but I disagree you're well, wrong that's okay you can, you
0: can disagree you're <laughs> I, to disagree <laughs> I just think I don't think I think I believe people don't have that level of confidence to get to arrogance most of the time but they're worried that they do and that's how they come across this isn't about ageing, but still. No, for the purposes um,
1: of, if you're listening, the long silence there was that Matt was, uh, I've edited this out, Matt was uh, coming back at me with it. A... <laughs> I'm um, Matt was ageing. <laughs> um, so there's an interesting, talk that. interesting thing about ageing that I was reflecting on, I don't know, a while back now. Somebody mentioned midlife crisis, and I said, that's interesting, you don't really hear about people having a midlife crisis anymore. Used to, used to be a big thing. But, mm. you know, the the time when you'd come home and your other half, you couldn't find them, and then you opened the wardrobe and they were rocking and crying, you know, in the bottom oh, of the God. wardrobe somewhere...
0: Those, I thought you were going to say they bought a Porsche.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, all that. You know, you, you hear this sort of thundering outside, and they come home on a Harley Davidson, and yeah. <laughs> your a your little smart car for the family's gone. It was small enough as it was, and now we've all got a pylon pillion style. But we don't pylon pillion style. <laughs> <laughs> you, <Sorry>. don't, <laughs> you don't yeah. hear about it anymore so much, uh-huh. and I think it's because we live in a world that has advanced. We live in a world that is very slowly, for my liking, but slowly is adapting. We get to a point where, actually, if you get to 30 or 40 or 50 or 60, I don't think this midlife mm. crisis thing exists. Midlife crisis as a concept existed because... Yes, Matt? I don't finish yours. I'm just going to Because my Good hand. boy for putting your hand up, though. Because historically... Do you need to go? Do you want me to wait? <laughs> no. Historically. <laughs> because historically... We believed that our behaviour was set in stone. You know, once we got through that pubescent stage, that was our behaviour, that was who we were. So you've got your job, tick. You've got your wife, tick. You've got your two kids, check, car, house, brilliant. Well, that's who you are. That's your lot. Now we'll move on to someone else. And then, of course, as you listened to different music and it aroused different connections in you, as you had different life connections or read different things or you changed your character, people would fight that internally and think, how do I express, actually, that... I'm not that person anymore. I've evolved. I've developed, mm. and weren't able. There wasn't a platform or a societal understanding for them to break free. I mean, crying out loud, we have open media conversations about gender fluidity and 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 gender change, and um, mm. gosh, all, all sorts of you know identifying factors and we're in a much better place for us to be able to say, oh, oh, yeah, no, I'm totally... In, I'm like, I don't like classical music anymore. I'm into reggae and I'm going to go and buy that <laughs> bike or, or whatever. And people just say, oh, oh, okay. So I don't think we have that concept of... Uh, and the same, just the corollary... <laughs> corollary, mm. corollary, corollary mm. The same it's thing. easy for you to say. Um, <laughs> Is with ageing. Historically, if you look at ageing, when people got older and they weren't able to walk around, they were hidden in a back room. Some of them Mm. were locked up. So, Mm. you know, now we've got this sort of it's almost like ageing is we're trying to make us everybody more encompassing. Which I have to say, Matt, is a very weird thing for me to say in the current climate that we're in. You know, when Mm. we've got people being persecuted in higher numbers, that there have been massive rises in anti-Semitism and, and, and homophobic mm. abuse and racism, and, and we have got this nonsense with countries building walls around themselves so that we can't let anybody in because people of our own species, we want to keep them out and keep us in. And so it's weird me saying that now, but but actually, you know, globally, I think we're in a place where I'm hopeful that even as we age... We, our generation maybe, I'm only a couple of years behind you, I know people will be watching this going, no. But, but yeah. yeah, we might experience that for the first generation maybe, where actually elderly people, as mm-hmm. we've aged, are better supported than ever before, maybe.
0: Well, we're an ageing population though, because people are having fewer children, so... Oh, sex is tri- the problem. <laughs> No. And the reason I raised my hand was I do see people on Twitter talking about having a quarter-life crisis a lot when they hit 25. We have to name everything, don't we? It's bloody ridiculous. (laughs) Um, I think old people have the answer. (laughs) Well, we should have invited one on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for not saying I was one, but actually, like I said, I don't mind if you do want to call me old. But you're That's not fine. old,
1: are you? You are what you are, I mean, but old is subjective. Like, how can you? Say I think I'm young. Well, right? I
0: absolutely still think I'm very young.
1: Well, but but then you sort of are. You know, I think the average yeah. life expectancy of. Uh, Adult male in England at the minute is about seventy six point something. I think. Um, I mean, I'm going to smash that. A ma- uh, female is seventy nine point something months, 79 point eight nine point eight months or something. So seventy nine years and eight months, <laughs> not seventy nine point <laughs> eight months. People are going, oh my god. <laughs> um, so, uh, but but you know, if you live to eighty, you're only halfway through your life now, right? But yeah, you can live to you in ninety or you know, like I say, my friend's ninety four. Um, a friend of mine. When we were talking about ageing... I was talking about ageing something else recently. And Mm. they they texted me a photo of their grandma who had her 104th birthday. She looked like a bright little, sprightly little soul, bless her. She looked like a real real love. I would have loved to have had tea with her and asked her lots of questions.
0: Oh. Loud. I did see a brilliant um, article about a woman, I think she's 74, doing pull-ups and lifting weights. And absolutely, everyone listening... Please, that is how you future proof yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a bit of consistent exercise and well being. Yeah. And not not something to take over your life like it has for her, which is brilliant, but if you want like use your body and it will respond and look after you. Give it give it a bit of attention.
1: And same thing, you know, but Mr. Adorable's Nan is seventy something or other, and I mean she doesn't look a day over. I've met her. Oh gosh, yes you have, yes. And she, doesn't she look what so a woman? sprightly and young and funky. Does and- indeed. She looks like the sort of, I don't know, a a sort of world tour love child of Annie Lennox. Um,
0: She's she's adorable. is Annie Lennox asexual now? Who's she having it with? Uh, Annie Lennox and? Annie Lennox the (laughs) seahorse. Of course, the seahorse carries the child, the male seahorse. Oh, dear. Well, I think that's probably enough, isn't it? I don't think we should waste
1: any more of your uh, clock that's rapidly ticking. I think we need to let you get on with it. (laughs) Matt, it's been a joy and a pleasure, as always. Back back Um, at you. I think I would love this week for maybe people to reflect a little bit. I'd love to hear what you think they should do, but I'd love them to think a little bit on Instagram, at That Human Podcast, and maybe offer up some of the things that maybe you'd like to achieve, that you've thought about achieving before you, quote-unquote, get old or before you, quote-unquote, die. Um Love it. So list them. You know, I've, I, I'm determined I'm going to, I don't know, climb Everest or lose 100 pounds or whatever, um, or go to Vegas or whatever. And mm. then I think the second thing, once you've committed to it on at That Human Podcast is to ask yourself, why does that have to be, quote-unquote, when you get old? Why can't it yeah. be maybe this year or in six months? Because the getting old thing isn't necessarily something to look forwards to as in a goal it is something Mm. that we're gonna relax and enjoy into if we get there and if we
0: do how lovely to celebrate every day that we're still here absolutely (laughs) and still creating podcasts (laughs) 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 don't forget the jingle still new each time <sighs> don't forget to subscribe rate, share, follow slap us and put some makeup on your favourite podcast and tell her, tell her it's, she's called Julie um, we love your feedback we love hearing from you and anything you want us to do, Jez will absolutely do.
1: Oh, I have a question <laughs>
0: <laughs> just a push back there
1: well, it's lovely
0: goodbye everyone. See you very soon, thanks for listening bye